welcome to the My Curious Colleague podcast with your host, me, Denise Veneri. We'll be talking all things consumer relations with a focus on consumer product goods organizations and the brand specialist and analyst roles and responsibilities. So if you like CPGs, like I like CPGs, marketing, insights, and caring deeply for your consumers, well, take a listen. Well, hello, my curious colleagues, and welcome to today's podcast. Today, I'll be chatting with my colleague, Yola Oliver. Yola is the Director of Global Social Listening and Measurement at McDonald's. She joined there in 2017. Prior to McDonald's, Yola worked at Foresight ROI and also spent 16 years at Kraft Foods, CPG company, which you all know that I that I love. She was doing a variety of variety of heavy duty analytics, um, as well as social media intelligence, CRM analytics, and innovation insights. So she's all about the data and really making it sing in new and different ways. So, welcome to the podcast, Yola. How are you? Oh, hi, Denise. It's great to be with you today. That was a wonderful introduction. Thank you so much. Well, that came from We've the heart. We've been doing so much. Yeah, it did. It did come from the heart. I felt it. And it was really <laughs> lovely because I, I still feel passionate about the work that we did back at Kraft Foods. And it's been a while. It's been right. about six years. So yeah. um, it, the work there was important and it's still being done today. I have I have some tentacles back into my <laughs> former team, and they're still producing the same kind of work that we were producing five years yeah. ago, um, maybe stepping it up a bit, but it's, uh, it's, it's good to know that the legacy lives on. Right. Exactly the word I was going to say is, is legacy. You can't ask for any more. That's, that's terrific. And that is where Excuse me. And that is where we first met when, you you know, you were working at Kraft and I was over at Campbell's. And um, I know that when we met and I think we even were at the same table for dinner, I was so like psyched that I actually found another CPG person who was leading, you know, a very um, uh, a, a very immersive team in, in reporting solely, which is what I was doing yes. as well. And um, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I loved it. There were 18 of us in total. That's 18. Big. Could you imagine? It was a huge team leading insights. And at the time, we were just starting to dabble with social media data. <laughs> so we were getting all the contact center data through the email and the phone and through letters. And uh, it, it was it was just coming to fruition that, hey, we could get some really good data about what customers really think unsolicited through mm-hmm. social media. And so we used a company named, I, I think we used several companies, but eventually uh, when I came along, landed on uh, Trax. Trax was a social listening company out of Israel. Okay. And they they were pretty cutting edge at the time. They're their wonderful team actually started scraping social media data for the Israeli um, security, just overall for, for the government. And, and so they really knew 
how to scrape the right data and they knew mm -hmm. how to visualize it. And that's what we fell in love with. Just, just being able to visualize the data and bring it to life because at the end of the day, it wasn't about the data itself. It was about taking the data that we learned, the insights, and right. weaving it together with the customer care data we were already getting into a story. And, and it was storytelling that I, I basically asked the team at the time to embark on. We're not talking about number of contacts, you know, number of complaints. Mm -hmm. We're talking about humans calling in, contacting us and talking based on their own experience about our products. And so it became uh, something that I was passionate about talking about the humans and not the numbers necessarily, mm -hmm. because we needed to weave together a story of what was going on with a particular business. If, are, are the quality complaints happening because of usage or was it something with the product itself? Were we taking quality out of the product over time? It was, it was a noticeable. So we needed to weave that all together, but it was exciting because we finally not only were able to weave together a story in the contact center, we actually built a command center still there today. Ooh. And we brought all our brand people. We, we started out with five brands that came in every week mm -hmm. to just see what customers were saying about their brands and visualizing it. So they actually had something to see in a command center setting versus just getting a report. So right. and it was real time. It was interactive. They would ask a question. We would bring it to life in the command center room. So it was super exciting at the time and tracks had built their first ever command center capability for us. They knew yeah. they knew how to do it, but they built it for right. us. And it was so exciting. And we had it for a number. I, I believe they still have a command center. Tracks has since gone out of business. Mm. Uh, but other companies have have come to fruition. So we have we have tools like um, TalkWalker and Synthesio and... Sprinkler has a great tool and NetBase and BrandWatch. So there's many, many tools out there that have that capability now. But I, f I feel like we were at the cutting edge at the time, bringing together the customer voice, not only to yeah. our quality folks in R&D, but also to our marketers. Yeah, for, for sure. So let me just um, probe a little bit on... on um, the command center. Is that something where when you say the marketer, because I still think that that's got some, some definitely, um, excuse me, I do believe that that has some opportunity for today. I, I love getting marketers to be as hands-on as possible with the data when they can. So just take me through that where they would literally sit in front of a, uh, a laptop or would it be like projected that's on a big TV? So interesting what, what that exactly you say that. that. So be? at the time, thank you for Relaying that out. At the time, we actually wanted them to come to a room and, and immerse themselves in their brand in front of six screens. And each screen would tell a different story about the, who's talking about the brand, where are they talking, how are they talking about the brand, uh, what different promotions or big influencers were part of the conversation, and just any big themes and trended themes over, over time that we could uh, basically display 
and Storytel on their different brands. Uh, if they were a Jell-O brand, we'd, we'd look at Jell-O pudding, we'd look at Jell-O um, in terms of Jell-O shots, like all different things <laughs> that were Jell-O. And they would ask us business questions ahead of time to say, you know what, this is really what we're interested in today. We're planning for next year. We want to do this promotion. Can you let us know if the last promotion did well? Mm -hmm. Can you let us know about other brands that did a similar promotion? And then we'll take a look at that particular business question in the room. So mm -hmm. we would prepare the screens in advance. Now, uh, just fast forward to where we are today. I am leading social listening at McDonald's. And we decided that preparing all those different outputs for different audiences was so time consuming that we we much preferred self-service as the business model because we wanted to mm -hmm. get the social listening outputs to as many people as possible. And so we've done a number of things. One is building out dashboards that people can come into sprinkler dashboards or presentations where they could actually see how their campaigns are doing over time without me or my team having to report on them. But we also have now something called Social Pulse where anyone could come to our McDonald's intranet site, type in any sort of uh, Boolean string or topic that they want to they want to uh, perhaps see what, what customers are saying and and they get it all self-serve on the intranet. So they don't even have to log into Sprinkler or another tool. It's yeah. just available to them because we've brought in the social data and built a social ecosystem. Yeah. So it's really exciting and marketers could come. So can PR folks. So the corporate mm -hmm. communications team can look at how certain messaging has performed, how um, certain reactions to things that they're posting. So they are constantly in the know and they also know what's the new issue coming up that people are talking about today. As you know, PR is a very short-term, very active uh, place to work. And so it's a, it's a real-time 24 hours, 20, you know, seven days a week, capability that that teams are, are are able to look at got it and have the, as part of their toolbox excuse me i love it and you've actually sort of modeled the um the basic tenets of consumer engagement where you take out any of the friction points for your marketers you've made it a frictionless experience they just do one stop shopping through the internet it's a that's a great idea and i think you mentioned that the tool that's helping you do this is Sprinkler or it is, uh, a couple so of different tools? Sprinkler is what we use for everyday listening. We actually are getting data from Linkfluence. So that's another tool, okay. a data provider based in France. And they had a, so every API, every data, uh, data set that comes from these these types of tools is different. And we yeah. needed the engagement metrics to come through mm -hmm. uh, in the data set itself so that we knew how to prioritize certain posts. Obviously, the posts with the biggest engagement are the ones to prioritize. And if we weren't getting those metrics, we didn't know 
other than uh, chronological sorting, how to bring the important information to the right. top. So we teamed with Linkfluence. They're a wonderful partner for us. And that's the data that's coming into the ecosystem. Meanwhile, uh, some other tools like dashboards and presentations are powered by Sprinkler. So I would say a best practice is not necessarily to put all your eggs in one basket, mm -hmm. diversify as needed mm -hmm. to get what you need out of different tools so that you can so you could answer your business questions. And, and maybe you need two or three tools. I know a lot of our agencies don't rely on one tool. There, there's different tools have, you know, yeah. they, they all started with a, with a certain capability in mind and then mm -hmm. they expanded. And so if the capability, you know, for Sprinkler, they, they started just with analytics reporting and now they're, they're kind of expanding into insights reporting. I think, Linkfluence started with insights reporting and they're kind of okay. expanding out to yeah. more engagement and marketing. So it's, uh, it's good to have a tapestry of tapestry. different tools. Yes. Yeah. Just to, just to recap, I think what you're saying is even in 2021, there is not a one size fits all, some sort of magical tool that is, you know, taking care of all the business questions that are out there. Um, and that if you need to to bring in several folks to get the job done, then that's then that's what you do. Um, and I'm not sure that that will ever even happen to have this one tool, unless you go back to the old days where you're building these custom legacy tools in house, you know, and then and you don't have the skill set there. And then of course you're gonna yeah, that's so true. I would say that data is changing so quickly mm -hmm. that you really, and different, I always, I always picture a couple of data scientists in a garage coming up with the <laughs> next best thing. Yeah. And sometimes they just have something really good and they do one thing really well. And you want it, mm -hmm. you want that one thing, but you want to keep the other things that you already have. So maybe they're, they're doing visual listening with okay. you know with videos and and they're able to transcribe all the videos and and get to the insights really quickly mm -hmm. but you don't want to throw out what you've already built with the tool that you already have and so you just invite that partner to come and mm -hmm. and you you bring in another a piece of data to help answer mm -hmm. a current business question or or answer right. a different business question so where is all this data coming from when you have a campaign the channels, I mean, the usual Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, okay. but, you know, there's data coming from TikTok. That's a very, very popular hmm. platform right now, especially if you want to target Gen Z. Sure. It's my son is Gen Z. Yeah, absolutely. So they're on TikTok and mm -hmm. it's exciting for them. Uh, Snapchat, we don't get a lot of data for, but occasionally if, if we have influencers that are talking about us a lot, yeah. uh, you'll want to pull in some of their blogs mm. or perhaps a forum where they congregate, especially if you're targeting a certain group of individuals, you'll, you'll want to yeah. capture those forums and review sites. It's, it's mm. always good to know how your brand is being perceived in the review sites. When you say and, review, oh, excuse me. 
Oh, that's well, uh, you know, our brand is, is becoming more digital. And so people are reviewing our app, are reviewing our loyalty program, are reviewing the different touch points that we have. Mm-hmm. And so we need to pick that up yep. in order to make sure that the product team's aware when there's certain complaints. Yeah. We also need to know if our app is being tampered with. Hmm. So there's security. Um, sometimes there's right. security breaches or issues, and you just need to be able to pick that up quickly and and put the kibosh on it. Yeah. <laughs> Before, you know, there could be uh, different things happening with our app where people are overcharged instead of paying what they thought was ten dollars they're mm-hmm. they're now paying a thousand dollars so we just have right. to be able to track fraud where yeah. we can and uh you know there's uh, after tiktok there's going to be the next thing so just keeping abreast on what's the next tiktok right what's the next site that we need to it, but websites of course and now um a lot of our websites don't have ordering capabilities on the website. We like to have all the ordering done on the app. So that's why reviews are a lot more mm-hmm. uh, of a of a needed uh, data set than, than website activity per se. Sure, sure. Um, can you break it down how your team may or may not interact with, say, the traditional consumer care? folks? Oh, sure. Well, our team is global. Our consumer care function is local. When when I say local, okay. we have a, McDonald's is in 120 countries. So each of their countries or groups of countries has their own care center. They collect their own data and and their own contact information. The one thing that we do have a global program on that uh, that one of my colleagues manages is our customer satisfaction program. Okay. So we have five vendors that manage the program where we survey our customers after they've just finished their experience. Mm-hmm. Um, so they maybe came into the store or they ordered delivery. And we ask them to fill out a survey to let us know, is your experience a good one? And sure. we're, we're making it available on the app. And so all of that information, mm-hmm. we want to make sure that that's reported alongside anything social. So if somebody comes to us from the top and says, how's order accuracy doing? We don't want to have a, a type of report where we're only looking at CSAT data or only contact center data from the U.S. We need to make sure that it's synthesized together with a global uh, approach across different data sets, which includes social, includes CSAT, includes contact center. So it takes a lot of coordinating uh, the different reports because right now they're being created, you know, at the end of the day, there's still humans doing the reporting. We're not doing a Mm -hmm. lot of automated reports because we need to really look at the nuances of the data and really extract what's meaningful, what's important, and is it a pervasive issue, or is it something that's just happening locally? Hmm. Yeah. So we do interface with care, uh, but it's for particular reports, uh, either uh, for a marketing campaign, we'll want to know 
if there were any issues on the care side and what, what the customers were saying on the social side. But we'll also want care data when we're looking at some customer experience uh, types of questions. What are we improving on customer experience the mm-hmm. more we digitalize the experience? Interesting. Interesting. Wow. Uh, well, it's all noble work. I'll tell you that much. So, um, well, thank you. Yes, yeah, it's, it really uh, is. Definitely a labor of love. Mm-hmm. And we just want to make sure our customers are happy. We want them to have an amazing experience every time they come to the restaurants. I'm speechless. <laughs> I'm speechless. Um, because I'm, I'm just thinking about the sheer size. So if I were to ask you this question, and then we're going to talk about trends, but if I were to say, well, how many, how many comments are you pulling in? Break it down any way you'd like, like for the U.S. Is that millions? Well, I can't speak <laughs> I can't to, I can't speak to the contact center per se. Mm-hmm. But globally in the U.S., we have about 2 million, 2.5 million comments a month. A month. Yes. And about 4 million globally. Okay. That puts that in a little bit more context. So it's more than two people. So it's definitely a rich data source and we need to make sure we can mine it. But it's not enough to mine it on its own. These days, it's about synthesizing the information along with other types of research we're doing. So not only do we get our immediate customer information from the care side, so Mm -hmm. usually that's a reaction to an experience, but it's about also looking at the trends outside of that experience. Mm -hmm. What are customers doing during COVID? Are they hunkering down at home or are they wanting to go out? Are they fearful? Are they concerned? Are they just happy and enjoying time at home? What about dinners? Are, are dinners together with the family? Are mm-hmm. they with their kids or mm-hmm. are they are they kind of all doing their separate things? Because we want to make sure, how do we maximize the customer experience at home right. during COVID? And how do we make it easier for them to order through delivery yeah. or through the drive-through. Maybe they don't want to come to the Mm drive-through because they're not feeling particularly safe at that particular location. So we need to make sure that our crew are wearing masks, that if they are using gloves, they're changing them out. If they're touching people's credit cards, that people feel like their credit cards are being, are are clean enough to put back in their wallets. Yeah. Huh. You know, you've been now on the very cutting edge, really, as long as I've known you. Can you look into your crystal ball a little bit, Yola, and um, just kind of share with us, like, what might you see coming down the pike for either CPG or retail um, industries that that might impact um, consumer care or social media well, it's social all, media places. Yeah, I would say, especially our customer care, it's all about integrating the different data points right now and, mm-hmm. and getting to holistic understanding of our customer. And I say customer, but the new language is humans. We mm-hmm. care about humans because everybody mm-hmm. 
that we serve is a human first. They're a customer when the need arises that they need McDonald's, but they have <laughs> human needs. They, they have to get up in the morning. They have to get their kids to school. They need to brush their teeth. They sing in the car. They, they do all sorts of things. And by the way, they happen to buy McDonald's every once in a while. So mm -hmm. how do we get to know them better? So it's about... Mm -hmm customer data how, how do we bring data that we know about them and, and hence you'll see a lot of uh fast food restaurants are launching loyalty programs because with a loyalty program you get to collect certain information about your customer and then you could delight them more and more because you know what right. types of things what do they redeem their points on what is their favorite sandwich? What time of day do they come during the week? Is it different on the weekends because they bring their family? So you get to know them. And only when you know them can you bring back a better experience. And, and it, it'll just feel easier over time. So I would say just this notion of holistic understanding of the customer mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, more and more connectivity across databases, across legacy mm -hmm. systems, and just basically uh, programs to get to know the customer better, which involves keeping data private. So mm. more and more, as customers share more and more, those privacy, uh, working with the legal department to make sure that the data is secure and private and can't come under any breach of any sort is going to be really important. Yep, absolutely. So chatbots, I know, you know, we were just talking about that human element and I do, I love that. Um, has, forgive me if they have one, has McDonald's launched a chatbot? We to kind of are inter launching this year. So the okay. U.S. team is probably the biggest care team in the world and they are launching chatbot this year so yes you know you it, it's probably a good time to launch chatbots now because the ai and, and the machine learning is so good now that okay. you you could really get to smart responses with a chatbot and, mm -hmm. and a really very clean experience without a lot of frustration. So I would say the time is now. If you haven't launched the chatbot, the time is now. <laughs> and it's very important. I say because these are humans at the end. You yes. want them to have a, a wonderful experience with care and, and you want to get to them quickly. The humans are busy. <laughs> and so the chatbot is going to address the urgent issues that, you know, 90% of which can be addressed within that time frame, and maybe 10% will need extra help from yeah. a real human. And it sounds like McDonald's will put a lot of effort, obviously, into, you know, the training of the chatbot to be, um, oh my gosh, really yes. focus and on that's that human. Ongoing. That's right. And that's ongoing. You know, these, these AI tools are, are still in the nascent stages, I would say, you, okay. you know, I, I would say every year or so the models are going to get better and better. And the data set that you're training from um, is going to get richer and richer. And so you'll be able to build out more nuances and, and, and use the historical data to, to kind of push a more human 
human response over time so that the robots are going to get smarter. Yeah. And it'll sound a lot better over time. Okay. All right. We'll have to check that out later in the year. Uh, well, as I mentioned, I end every um, podcast with with a similar question and really gives an opportunity for my guests to um, give a shout out to a volunteer group. Yeah, I support my church at St. Thomas of Villanova Parish in Palatine, Illinois, stov.org. And they do a lot of outreach. Uh, we, we have a peace and social justice team that does a lot of outreach. We, we have clothing drives. We, we feed parishes farther south in Chicago that don't have as much as we have. Mm-hmm. We are actually helping our forest preserves by collecting seeds this month. Huh. And and then scattering those in areas um, where we dip, where we take out the buckthorn and and we seed with new growth. So we're saving our environment mm-hmm. and building out our ecosystem as well. Uh, and we do things like um, we we pack food for needy families as well. Mm-hmm. We have. Um, a community garden that we're building uh, in a couple of weeks now. We're preparing the land so that we could start growing fruits and vegetables for our community. And and it'll be right alongside our church so that the community could actually see it. So it'll be super exciting. It would be great for anyone who would like to to donate. We're, We're always looking for ways to help our community. And obviously, um, donations are what what fuels that. So thank you very much. And thank you for sharing that with us. Um, And also thank you so much for taking the time out of your your day and your very busy schedule um, to be be here with us on the podcast. Thanks again, Yola. Absolutely, Denise. It was my pleasure. I hope you have a great week and keep doing this wonderful work. What a great podcast. Keep it going. Give you a hand. You're so nice. So nice. And thanks again, Yola. If you've learned even a kernel of an idea or was inspired by this episode, please consider rating and reviewing the podcast on Apple Podcast. Be sure to share out the hashtag CPGCX because CPGCX really and truly rocks. You have been listening to the My Curious Colleague podcast with Denise Veneri. Thank you for your time.